Hello, welcome back. Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are the co-founders of Avocado, an audio publishing platform. Indeed. Um. And we are working on <laughs> we are working on new things this week. So just to kind of recap of where the business is at, you know, we've been seeing a lot of traction and seeing a lot of growth. We're you know continuing to add our creator base. Um, but we're not seeing like the glut of transactions that we we're hoping for. So we're still in this stage where, and I don't think, hopefully we never end this stage where we're, we're kind of pivoting and trying new ideas. And I shouldn't say pivoting, but what I call this is like a, a spike. And so one of the things that we dove into earlier this week, which was really promising, was um, using some transcription services, essentially uh, the first one being AWS Transcribe, which is an Amazon Web Service API that you can pass it an audio file. You can also pass it a, a real-time stream, which is super cool. But, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that most of the services out there, such as Otter AI, and I, I'm sure there's a bunch of others, but they, they're using a similar service where, you know, this is a way to transcribe audio files really easily and quickly. And it it's similar to all the other AWS sort of, I don't want to call it machine learning. It's not, I mean, it, I'm sure it is, you know, under the, the hood and I don't have to do any math because it's like a package service, but it also allows me to do a development spike and see how we could use it really, really quickly um, and affordably. It's very, very cheap service. So you pass it an audio file. So I passed it, Colin, your, your course's first lesson. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was hundred percent accurate. Yes. Yeah, some of the punctuation was weird and I think it cut off one word, but it was basically flawless, like perfectly readable for sure. And it, I would say like, I think a lot of the use cases that I was reading the docs about were like dictating phone conversations. So um, the way it works is you send it an audio file. You, you basically point it to an audio file in your S3 bucket and you say, transcribe. And what happens under the hood is uh, a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I, I won't get too far into the details, but what it's doing, it's going word by word and scoring a confidence against it. And we'll actually show you that in the output it gives you. So it's super boring if you're going to go through it. But if you were building a tool like Otter, where it's like, hey, we're not sure what this word is. We think it's this. And so in the UI, I can highlight that. So it, it made it really clear to me that that's how a lot of these services are, are building. And it, by the way, setting up all the infrastructure to like easily put an audio file into an S3 bucket and call this service is like, that makes sense why these services exist. So services such as Otter. Mm -hmm. So we get into this kind of brainstorming session, which uh, is still happening real time. Like we have had a lot of requests from more of the coaching type of creator, the the folks that have you know on, more on the health and wellness side where it's like, hey, I'd like to be able to use avocado for coaching. You know, I have content I want to broadcast uh, on a weekly basis or after maybe uh, have a, a, not a writing prompt, but a speaking prompt. And so the problem immediately comes back to, it's like, okay, well, how are we going to ingest that? You know, we, we can add the ability to record audio on the, you know, the end listeners end, and they could, you know, they could send something back to you. But then even as a coach, or a creator, if you have 50, 100 people sending you responses at odd hours, it's like, how do you, who wants to answer, you know, all, spend the time to listen to all of them and be able to kind of process that and give them a, a good response. So we immediately thought of that as probably the first target for transcription. If we we're going to try this out, maybe pilot it with a, one of our coaches and 
see what like an inbox outbox might look like. So the idea is I would have a prompt to you, like something simple, like how do you feel at the beginning of your week? And then we do a separate one at the end of the week. How do you feel at the end of, end of the week? Now that you've gone through this one week of our course or our program, tell me how you're doing. And so like even that transcribing it, it opens up this whole world of possibilities because you then get this written version. And so there's accuracy stuff that you need to kind of worry about, but then there's, you know, you can do some sort of like, you know, there are people doing sentiment analysis, lexical analysis, basically looking at the words that are being used and, you know, providing an upfront, like in my mind, there's, there could be a text inbox of, you know, in front of the coach, that's like, here's the responses that you're getting. Here's how we think they're doing, but go ahead and read them. And, and, you know, you can decide for yourself and decide what you, you know, what the next course of action is, which I think is really cool. And I, I would also throw out there, there is a company doing this and I forget the name. I feel like, you know, this, there's a company out there that raised a bunch of money and that's trying to do audio based test taking or something like that, where they're transcribing the, the, your spoken word, and then using that as like, your accuracy for understanding some sort of course you're taking. Oh man. You remember that? Um, I don't know if this was a company or this was just an idea that we had. I don't think it's a company, but it's kind of the whole question of accountability. And especially with audio courses, like how do you prove that people are learning what they're learning or we're supposed to be learning? So I think this opens up like audio quizzes where you could, you know, feasibly automatically grade people's verbal responses mm -hmm. um, after the transcription. You're looking for, you know, five words in this order or something like that to say they got that correct. Or it, you know, feedback is similar, where you ask everyone like how what they thought of the course, and you could turn that into sentiment analysis and like word clouds and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think another company is doing that. I feel like we were we were talking to somebody and they had brought it to our attention. I forget. Yeah, I'll have to look it up in my old notes. But this was like months ago. And they were, I think they were doing something to that extent where they were translating res responses. But I don't, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but I, I think it's a good idea, right? I think it's worth checking into that. I mean, I think adding, the first thing that scares me is adding audio recording to our app because I built an app a long time ago, iOS application that was all about playback and audio recording. And Apple's audio channels are super buggy. And if you get them wrong, like basically all, <laughs> this is my experience from this other project. It was just, I have PTSD from it. It was like basically the, and you may have experienced this with your phone is like the, the channels just stop working. So you have to restart the phone because mm -hmm you can't hear anything or you can't, it won't record. And it's like, what is going on? So that concerns me as a risk for making the product uh, exponentially more, you know, complex. It's like, we now have to deal with audio channels. We have to probably throw in a concept of push messaging, which is that's expected. Like we were going to do that at some point, but audio on iOS and then on Android as well. I don't think Android's is bad, but you know, there's, it's a convoluted, uh, way of, of dealing with it. And, and I haven't dug in to see if is there a library that works really well. So hopefully there is. So one other cool area that this could be used is note taking. I don't know if that is what you're we're referring to, but Air is like a, a fancy new podcasting note taking app. Hmm. So like one of the old big advantages of text is that it was like easy to take notes and to highlight. 
And then with Air and this like other audio technology, you could take audio notes and you can mm. kind of highlight and basically add an annotation layer on top of audio. It's something we talked about is like, if you're on a run, how do you take a note of yeah. something that was interesting in like the audio course you're listening to? And I think the goal with that is that you could transcribe it and you could add it automatically into someone's Evernote to Rome or wherever their note-taking app is. And I love it. Pe- people could treat you know podcasts or audio courses more as educational content because they have that full feature set. So like, let's talk about two of the players that are using transcription right now. So there's two that I've used is Otter AI, which is, is phenomenal. And then uh, Descript, which is another, I feel like it's, definitely geared towards our, our audience as well, like podcast creators. And that has a tool set of like multiple speakers and will kind of differentiate who's talking and uh, allow you to to basically like at a click of a button, remove all the ahs and ums in the sort of dead mm-hmm. space. Yeah, Descript is what I recommend to everyone. Even people that like know how to use Pro Tools, like Logic Pro X for audio editing. Uh, I, that's what I used to use to edit podcasts. Now I just use Descript because it's so much simpler. It, it works really well. Although it had a big issue with Big Sur that they finally fixed like a month after Big Sur came out. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, it's it's a bummer. But, you know, it. There, I don't know if either of those products work against either, you know, one of these pre-box transcription APIs, but you know, that is, is something I'm glad we're not having to, you know, I'm happy that in this day and age, we don't have to deal with like, okay, we're going to write our own algorithm and that's going to be our, our thing. The only thing that strikes me though, is building our own sort of models around it. And so that's the interesting that, that transcribe. And I think a lot of these tools are going to allow you to do is they have one. So there's a model that you can train and then there's also your own dictionary. So you can supply your own dictionary. So they actually have one that you can turn on that's a medical dictionary. So it's, it knows words that are in a given context. So if it hears the word appendix, it's like, yep, I know what that is. And it will quickly glom onto that versus it trying to kind of understand what you're saying. So it, they, they kind of abstract out all the painful parts of, you know, building a, I think the, the official word would be a corpus of words that you can work from and, and dealing with how that might, you know, find itself in the confidence around those terms. So I think that might be an interesting thing where, you know, if we were to train our own and kind of optimize for our context, like, then again, our context is still pretty broad right now, but that, that could be an interesting thing to do. And, but yeah, I, I think going back to, you know, how can it be used in a test taking or sort of, I hate to use the word, but compliance, that's, I think the, the concern for a lot of our clients or sorry, of our customers, customers, it's like, if they're, hiring a company to come in and do a wellness program. And they want to make sure that all, you know, 500 people that took the, took the program completed it and got the desired effect. And that's where I think a lot of like companies have credits and incentives for people to finish these courses. And so that is a gap that we've had in that world. And I think going audio, it's, I mean, I obviously we're believers in it, but seeing what's going on with everybody being on zoom classes with kids and stuff everyone's i think ready to get away from the screen and try to learn in other contexts and so i think this might be a missing a really key missing feature that if we add we can have an appeal to a a much broader market where it's like we just had no test taking it was a Mm one-way you're you can listen and you can you can listen wherever you want 
and you can listen on Android or iOS, but it's like, how do I, how do I get input back in? And I think that's a big missing piece that we, we might be able to capitalize on. So I think this is super cool in like the, the very near term and like the slightly further off term is I think personalization is where all education is heading. And so in Descript has some of this where it has like overdub where it'll come up with words in between and use it as in your own voice. And I think there's a future where you could kind of adapt the content to the user. So paired with like accountability features, you could speed up or slow down the course kind of add as needed and generate the audio in addition. Does that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of creepy, but I think (laughs) if I'm using Descript for that use case, I wish it would do that. I wish it could like figure out what I sound like. And then if I, cause for those who haven't used Descript, you, they do a really good job of converting and linking your sort of a text script that's been transcribed and a sort of track of audio that is sort of a linear band of audio. And, you know, you can, use both to navigate your document. And when you want to write things, you kind of can't right now, right? You'd have to have something synthesized or you'd have to go and re-record or, or add that audio. But I mean, I feel like if you can do deep fakes where there are video basically representations of a person, I don't see why you couldn't do it. It seems like audio would be that much easier. Yeah, I think that is kind of the spooky future we're heading to. Like, I don't know if you saw any of that open AI stuff, but it's remarkably good. So it's not that far off to say like, hey, use Colin's voice and have him talk about podcasting for, you know, three minutes. Yeah. And if that person didn't understand that, have him talk about it for 10 minutes and kind of expand upon it. It's clearly going to be there and shockingly soon. Like, uh, spookily soon. exciting. I embrace the AI overlords, but <laughs> anyways, how's it been going on your course? I know you've been, uh, you've been working on promoting and, or at least getting everything together. Uh, last we spoke, you had an outline going. Yeah. Uh, it was not as fast of a week and not as productive as a week as I was hoping. I kind of got wrecked by a migraine for like the last three days, but oh. feeling better now. Um, so my first step is I want to do pre-orders and I was trying to figure out if I really have to hack our system or our system just kind of works, and it seems like it, it will work well enough to ingest pre-orders and you know contact people as needed when the content is actually up. So my thinking there is that I want to create like urgency to buy. So I think I'm probably going to have this uh, cold email masterclass for like $50 for pre-order. And then once the content's up, it'll be $100 and I'll keep adding content and probably move it to like $200 over time. Hmm. I think that is pretty reasonable for a course that should have a very clear ROI to like any business and could be a business expense. And then I want to reward those, like my followers with like a huge discount early on and like early believers. And then it's a good way to just kind of validate demand and get, you know, our system processing um, payments pretty quickly here. And I really think like everyone should probably do this, especially any like founder, any expert with any kind of specialized knowledge. Mm. It's just kind of like a byproduct of the work we've been doing over the last couple of years and just kind of making it public. And it really won't take that long for me to do. And it should be actually like a pretty nice side income for me uh, going forward here. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, when it comes to the pre-order I mean, how are you planning on getting the word out? Like, is it mostly through your your Twitter Twitter audience? Yeah, I have a an email list of close to five thousand people, just personally from people that signed up on my site and over time. Mm. But I, I don't really use that often. 
And then, yeah, Twitter would be probably the big source. I think it may get kind of expensive. So over time, it'll be more like advertising, you know, pushing it out there. Uh, but the early like pre-orders are mostly just going to be people I know or know of me to start. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so when it comes to your sort of known, your your owned channel, right? Isn't that what they call it, the owned channel? And then, you know, looking at paid, I know you were doing Reddit ads uh, for a different course. And we've been talking about, you know, getting Facebook Pixel working on the site. Uh, are there any other paid channels that you were thinking about? If, no, I read it and Facebook are probably the big ones. And Facebook has by far the best targeting. And we could talk about it. We've been dabbling in LinkedIn ads and every, every platform is a little different. It all has, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I went deep on LinkedIn this last week and it was super interesting. So they have, I mean, it's, I've, so just some background on myself. I've, run some Facebook ads. I've run some uh, Google ads and I've now run some LinkedIn. I'm by no means an expert, but they've got some really interesting stuff. So they have two products. Well, I shouldn't say that there's the product they have of sales navigator is really interesting. So you can build lists essentially like show me logistics companies between 51 and 200 employees and give me the people that are directors or managers and that are based in these you know geographic areas and you they give you a, a list right away like you can query the database pretty easily um, but then when you go into buy ads you need to set up an audience and you can't really like link those two things so there, there is a way that re would require a lot of manual work to build spreadsheets and so you know one thought was like great this is a, a list building exercise for a, a VA to, to handle but you know Either way, I, I wanted to run through manually first. Like, what would it take to do? So I loaded up an audience with probably like 30, 40 companies and, and did this, you know, repeated the same filters on the audience. And so I, I have this like pretty small set of people that I'm targeting. I think it was the audience size was like 4,000 people. And so the it's kind of this idea that there's going to be multiple prongs or mo multiple layers to reaching out to them. So one it starts with these uh, conversation ads, which are right now it's LinkedIn's like cheapest layer. I don't know if you remember click to call ads back in the day. I think that Google had those. Yeah. They, were, they were like pennies, nickels, dimes. You know, it was nothing for a long time ago. I was working with a company called Grace, which was a cremation and well, it turned into a, a cremation business. At first it was burials and it was like this concept that when you die, no one's around to turn off all your like your cable bill and your, you know, get all your, your odds and ends cleaned up for you. And so it started there, ended up just turning into a cremation business. And that was like, I know it's, it's morbid, but it's, it's a very interesting space, but they were doing these click to call ads and seeing really good results where, you know, they could easily get somebody on the phone for five to 10 cents. So I kind of saw the pricing for it and was like, you know what, this is like LinkedIn's version of the click to call ad. So what it does is it annoyingly puts a sponsored conversation into your messages. Um, and again, I've targeted these people. There's only 4,000 or so people. And so I started it. I actually kicked it off last night. And so far it's been super promising. It's I've had four impressions, one click. And the way it works is you basically build a chat bot sort of, uh, of like a conversation flow. So you have a lead in message that's like, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, check it out. 
And then you can offer some buttons and the buttons either go to more statements for me. It's like the buttons are statements that the basically responses that are canned. So it'd be like, sure, I'll find out more. And then there's a find out more message that then leads to, okay, click it, you know, click here and fill out a form or schedule a time to talk with me. And so far it's been really good. But the, the thing is that I think is really valuable here is like do that on LinkedIn and then like a week later, cold email that person. And at that point, it's sort of a warm email because we've had kind of had a conversation or they've seen my face, they've seen my name and they know what I'm kind of pitching. So I'm, I'm on this, this idea that adding a layer in front of the cold emailing is going to help improve the responses. So we'll see how it turns out, but I've been having a lot of fun with that so far. And this is like super low cost. So the first click was maybe like an hour 50. And if we were trying to target these same people with ads, it was looking like it was going to be 10 to $15 a click. So like 10 X what it looks yeah. like we're going to be seeing with this. Yeah. I mean, someone told me LinkedIn's really cheap if you keep them on the site, but I didn't still even didn't see that. Like, so I, I've been trying to publish content on LinkedIn and then uh, like promote that or sponsor that. And I, I actually haven't dug too far into it but that still seemed like it was going to be 10 bucks a click. Um, but yeah, so as of right now, <laughs> four impressions, one click, 25% click through rate. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, we're bidding 30 cents to get in front of somebody and they're, they're suggesting a bid between 30 and 40 cents versus again, everything's, you know, way higher than that. So excited it's, to see how that works. So the other approach to this that is tempting to me as like a kind of bootstrap founder or growth hacker is there's these gray market, kind of CRMs that sit on top of LinkedIn. And you could basically connect with someone, include the message that you're talking about doing as an advertisement and do that 50 to hundred times a day. And it costs you virtually nothing. And you just have a VA do it or it costs you very little. I wonder how quickly you get flagged for doing that. I think you maybe will go under the radar for a long time. It doesn't seem like know. LinkedIn has built out that stuff as well. But. I don't know. I just saw, <laughs> so I only raised this because, so I've been on LinkedIn a lot. I used to think yeah. LinkedIn was the dumbest thing in the world until I tried to sell something to somebody. And then it's like, oh, this is actually, and and I should say there are certain communities on there that are actually really strong and because Facebook and Twitter are not the place for it. There isn't, a, you know, it is the business social network. So uh, I've come around and I see the value. And so I've been very willing, you know, I've, I'm of the mindset, I think we talked about this prior podcast. I'm of the mindset of somebody friends me, I'm just going to say yes to everything unless it's like something offensive. Um, but I said yes to this lady. She was doing like business nutrition, which I actually am a believer in. I think nutrition's a big part of how productive you are. And so I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And by her second message to me, she was like an unknown LinkedIn user. And I, I'm actually going to open up my yeah, she's now just unnamed LinkedIn member that we're no longer connected with. Um, I think she got booted. So I, cause hmm. I went to her page too. It all looked very, very well put together. It looked like there was potentially some sort of CRM driving her to, you know, whatever she was doing. But yeah, it was all, I do think that they boot people. And I do think that these CRMs are non-compliant in a way. For sure. They're definitely uh. non-compliant. <laughs> I think this is the case with like, Instagram back in the day, everyone would do like follow, unfollow, and you'd have all this spam and you make all this money because you could do these shady things without paying for the ads. Right. And then everyone you know, figures out and it shuts all that down. So Facebook was very good at shutting it down. I haven't really poked LinkedIn and see how they respond. Um, 
but that's a good point. It's possible for sure. I guess I now that I'm building this, you know, I'm, I'm building this sort of pile of content. It's all backed up other places, but I'm like the value of my LinkedIn profile is becoming greater to me. Mm-hmm. So the the at first I was like, I don't care if I'm suspended. What you know? I'm, but now I really would. That would be a huge, almost devastating because I'd have to rebuild my network. You know, I'm linked to hundreds of people now, and it's like. Uh, how would I recreate? I'm sure my the people that actually know me would probably reconnect with me, but uh, that would be a bad a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, true. But I'm excited. I'm. We'll see how this uh, shakes out. Now, the hard thing is, is we're approaching the holiday uh, week, right? Christmas is next week at the end of the week. Um, will be will people be actively? <laughs> will they be buying? Will they be looking for? you know, establishing new relationships and stuff. And I, I think there's two schools of thought. Everyone I, I talk with kind of falls into one of, obviously one of two categories, but one, everyone's going to check out and take a ton of PTO for next week and just kind of, we're, we're all home no matter what. It's just like, let's take some time, turn off the machines and, you know, go for a walk or whatever. Um, or B, they're going to use this time to really like level up and take some training or, you know, use it for because the best part of this next week and the week after is the email volume goes way down mm-hmm. and so i'm debating whether i should keep this stuff on if i should just turn it off maybe wednesday until early next year but i'm thinking because it's so cheap just keep running it and see how it goes yeah it's going to scale slowly so i think that's fine like we have a fun marketing thing planned for social media early next week and yeah. i think that you could get a good response because everyone is going to be on their phones at home or whatever for the holidays so excellent Um, well yeah i mean i think that's those are the 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 big things i'm really excited about the transcription piece like that works really well the next step is like spiking off and seeing about you know how do we get audio recording and uploading and all that stuff because you know it just opens this whole bag of tricks and i've built apps to do this like remember when instagram came out we had built something man this is so long ago this was an ios application I feel like it's when I'm really dating myself. I think it's when iOS five or six came out. Now, what are we on like 15 or something? But it was because we released it the day before there was a Apple update and it was just a nightmare. But we did a lot of the things that like we all take for granted, like up uh, uploading an image and it does it in the background and it, it will retry. And like, we were just kind of seeing what Instagram did. That was like the big uh, corollary, but you know, there is a whole lot of work that needs to be done to upload things, make sure it's get gets done properly and is consistent for everybody. And audio is, I mean, it goes, it's not as hard as video, but it's, uh, it's harder than just a, an image. Like an Instagram image is only a couple hundred kilobytes, I think at most. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We'll, we'll see how that see goes. It. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's all I got. I mean, until next week, take care. Yeah. Thanks for listening.